Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 165 of the Mo Money Podcast and the season finale of the show. This is the last episode in season six, and I'm going to be taking a bit of a breaky break uh, throughout July and August, then I'll be back in September because I need a break. I need a break to uh, just, you know, just not podcast and not think about podcasting for a little bit. Well, for a little bit, really, it'll be like a couple weeks that I won't do anything podcasting related. And then I'll just like start going crazy trying to find new guests for the next season because two months go real, real quick. And uh, I need to get my stuff together. So that being said, I've got a show for you. I can't wait. Uh, You're going to love this one. I have Kathleen Hart on the show. She is a salary negotiation coach. She is also the host of the Big Leap Show. So she's a podcaster herself. And uh, we dive deep into uh, negotiating and tactics and what you should do in an interview and just stuff that I, damn, I really wish I knew seven years ago, you know, or right when I finished university, because uh, pretty much at the end of the episode, I, I realized I, I did it wrong. I did all of it wrong. I did it really, really, really wrong. Um, and, uh, well, I mean, it's not, it's all not all that bad. I mean, it is what it is. I am where I am now and I'm, I'm happy where I am. But yeah, looking back, my kind of a jaunt <laughs> in the corporate world, didn't do it. Didn't do it so right. I probably did all the mistakes. So we we talk a lot about what are those mistakes? What are the things that you should be doing? Um, because just the corporate world or just working, just working has changed so much thanks internet and social media. Um, and uh, also with everything going on, especially you know if, if you're a woman, you know what's going on. Uh, all this stuff about you know us trying to now fight for um, kind of our place at the table, earning what we're actually worth. Um, pay equity, all that good stuff. We, we talk about it all in this episode. You're going to love it. Um, but before I get to this interview with Kathleen, um, just a few words about this episode's sponsor. This episode of the Mo Money Podcast is brought to you by canspace.ca. Are you a Canadian business owner or entrepreneur? If so, today's sponsor has something special for you. canspace.ca. Canada's leading web hosting provider is offering all Mo Money Podcast listeners $10 off their web hosting services. Why should you care? Well, in 2018, we all know that your business's success depends on you having a website that is reliable and loads as fast as possible. CanSpace has been trusted for over 10 years by Canada's largest corporations for providing affordable, reliable web hosting with the fastest load times in the industry. Having a website that is down frequently or just loading slowly can cost you business and more importantly, damage the reputation of your brand. Choosing a reputable web hosting provider like CanSpace helps avoid these issues. Not to mention, CanSpace offers award-winning support, bills in Canadian dollars, and has a very generous 30-day money-back guarantee. If you have a website already, they'll even help you set up and transfer everything for free. So if you're itching to get started, go to canspace.ca slash Jessica M and enter your email address to get the $10 off coupon. Once again, visit canspace.ca slash Jessica M and enter your email address to get the $10 off coupon. Thank you, Kathleen, for joining me on the Momony podcast. I can't wait to talk to you. I have, ver- I have a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's get to it. Let's get Question to number it. Question number one. Question number one. Um, so you are a negotiating coach, um, which I think is so important now, especially just I feel like us as women, all the movements going on, we really need to kind of take control of our lives and uh, yeah. be more uh, accountable and just confident for asking what we are worth, which is something that I really wish I, I knew in my 20s. I had no idea this was, you know, like negotiating with a thing. I literally didn't know yes. you're supposed to do that, which I'm very ashamed for because there's all these missed opportunities, missed money on the table and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah. before we kind of talk about negotiating tactics and all that kind of stuff, um, <laughs> you, where what is kind of your background? Because I know it, you, it sounds like you have a very similar story to myself and that you, you did work kind of a, in the corporate world or, or a, kind of a nine to five. And then you kind of felt a little you know, you know, an itch like this wasn't enough. There's got to be more to life than this. Yeah. The zomb- walking zombie got to me. Yeah. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, and totally fine. Like there's all, all the people I help now are working nine to five. Um, so it, you know, it's a beautiful place for some people. For me, I was like, I had this itch. I want to go travel the world. I want to see if I can start my own business. Um, but yeah, I came from a similar place where I was working a nonprofit. And for me, that's when I first started learning, like negotiating was a thing. Um, mm-hmm. My first job out of college, I think so many of us were just like, oh my God, somebody wants to pay me. Like, I know. It's like, Thank it's you more than for giving me a dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. This opportunity. It's so amazing. I'm so excited to just start, um, you know, after going to school for so many years. So that's what I did. And I didn't even think twice about it, you know, and I feel like, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm a smart girl. Like so many of us feel like, you know, I'm a smart person. I got educated, but yeah, we don't know this thing. And so what had happened was I started living like literally paycheck to paycheck and I was getting so frustrated. I was like, is this really what I want to be doing for the rest of my life? And just feeling like I was seeing all of my friends, you know, all over Facebook, going to Thailand, going to Bali, going to all these amazing places. Like, oh, what am I doing? Like, I want that life. So I did Mm -hmm. the calculations Mm -hmm. and I found it was going to take me over eight years to be able to go on like a three month trip on my salary. And I was like, that's not going to cut it. Um, So I did what I thought I was supposed to do, which was I'm going to get two more side jobs. Mm -hmm. So I was working over 60 hours a week and I was just quickly, quickly burnt out from that as well. I was just like, there's got to be another way. So I started reading money books. And one of the first things that came up was, hey, well, did you negotiate your salary? And Mm -hmm. I was like, what the heck? Like, why didn't anyone tell me? Um, So that's like when the first seed was planted. And and from there, you know, I negotiated my salary, you know, was able to switch careers, ended up doing actually software design, um, just following some curiosity. And then eventually I was able to save up enough to quit and start traveling the world. And that's when I started like blogging, kind of like coaching on, on the side. I'm just trying to help as many people like, I want to quit my job too, or I want to travel or I want to switch careers. Um, So I was just like, yeah, I want to share everything I know. So that's kind of the world I came from. And now over the past, you know, it's almost been five years now. Wow. um, It's evolved into, yeah, it's evolved into, you know, I have some side business. I do coaching. I do speaking. Um, I have a podcast as well that's um, currently on pause because I'm focusing on our course. Mm -hmm. I know that you have your course as well. And yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to help people. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot of work. So I kind of put it on pause while I was doing that because my mind was like, I cannot do two things at once um, in this way. So yeah, my focus now is just salary negotiation just because I love helping women, especially like I help men, but like I love helping women learn this skill. Um, Mm -hmm. Last week I got a $22,000 raise, helped a girl get that. And another one got a $20,000. Another one, she got a bump. And in addition, she got a $10,000 signing bonus. So like for me, I'm just like, that's 
game changing. You know, that here, is game changing. That's life changing for these life changing. Yeah. And it's like not just in that moment, you feel more confident about yourself, you feel more valued, mm-hmm. but also just like your whole career tra- trajectory and mm-hmm. like where your finances are going. It's going to like exponentially um, help to support you to create that life. So that's why I just love it so much. Absolutely. And I feel like, especially for like my history of working for employers, never once did I negotiate a salary because I never knew Uh that was even a thing that I was supposed to do. I was always just so Mm -hmm. thankful because I was always, I felt like I was either unemployed, desperate for a job or trying to get out of the job because I hated it. So I was desperate to get another job. So I was Mm -hmm. always so like, oh my God, I'll take whatever. Just get me out of the situation, which is never, never one. That's just not a good space to be in mentally when you were looking for a job. You don't want to, you know, exuberate this, uh, you know, desperation. They can smell that on you, I think. And (laughs) there's also just nothing worse than the feeling of finally getting that job, a a better job and you like Mm -hmm. it. And then after like a few months settle Mm -hmm. in, you're like, I'm not being paid enough. And that was every single job I've ever had. I'm like, I am so not being paid enough for what I'm contributing. Um, And then there's like, then there's like, what do you do? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Exactly. Totally. Um, I think that's what, you know, maybe that's a similar place for you than it was for me is like, mm-hmm. I think I was driven by like, I don't really feel like I'm getting completely what I own, like what I yeah. deserve. And like compared to other people, I know I'm getting paid less. Mm-hmm. So even though, you know, I started to negotiate and I started earning a lot more money in my nine to five career, it was actually once I started um, my own business that I really started like learning the skills of negotiation because you have to, like yeah. you, your worth is just whatever you say it is. And um, if you're not able to confidently say that and then, you know, mm-hmm. charge enough that's going to be able to financially sustain you, you're not going to make it. So exactly. that's when my chops started getting even more sharpened. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. and I, I like to bring that experience and what I've learned to help people that are in their jobs because, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you do have an amazing career and maybe you just want to start a side business. You don't want to pursue it full time. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it was financially rewarding, then you would stay there longer or you'd feel more valued yeah. or you'd want to. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Like there's like lots of the jobs that I had, I liked, but I left because I, I didn't feel valued and I didn't feel like I was being paid enough. And that's exactly. probably the case for mm, like a lot of people, yeah. <laughs> a big a majority of uh, people, that's for sure. And yeah, similar to you, it wasn't until I, I started my own business on the side mm-hmm. that I actually had to learn to negotiate because whenever mm-hmm. I was dealing with the client, it was usually on a per project basis. So I had to do a lot of negotiating. Mm-hmm. It was often. And then you yeah. just get into a rhythm, you get into a practice. And, and I think that's also like a great place to start if you're really uncomfortable with it, which at the time I was because I knew I had nothing to lose because I had a day job. So if yeah. something fell through or I didn't quite get enough or whatever, I could say no because I'm fine. I've got, you know, uh, mm-hmm. money to live on. This is just kind of a bonus money. But then, of course, you know, it gets a little bit more higher stakes when you do quit that life and now you're, just, <laughs> you know, working for yourself. But for me, I was always worried that when I uh, quit the corporate life and just worked for myself and had to negotiate with clients all the time that I would kind of get back to, into that kind of mm. fear mode, not asking for enough because I'm like, I need to make money. I need to pay, you know, my mortgage and all this stuff. But if actually, I was, and I'm surprised by this, I was actually a little bit more aggressive. I'm like, no, I need this money because <laughs> this is going to fund my life. And 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 it could depend on to who your clients are. Mm-hmm. Like in general, most of my clients are corporations and companies. So mm-hmm. I feel more comfortable kind of negotiating with them just because mm-hmm. I come from that world a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's a different kind of aspect when I'm uh, negotiating or, or chatting about pricing with one-on-one, uh, you know, individuals. I find mm-hmm. I am like, okay, this is still something I need to kind of learn about. But uh, yeah. anyways, that's a whole other thing I'm sure we'll get more <laughs> into. Um 
I want to go back to just this idea of, you know, being someone that's maybe new in their career and uh, is learning about negotiating for the first time. Hopefully they'll find your podcast or this episode and be like, oh, this is something I should do. Um, What are some things or like a really important first step that they should uh, keep in mind when they're at that interview, when the, uh, you know, person at the interview is like, so what are your salary expectations? Which I hate. I always hated that because I'm like, I don't know what you got. (laughs) Where am I supposed to get this number from? Because sometimes they don't list the salary at all. Even if you do a bunch of research, it's really, you're like, is it 40,000? Is it 60,000? What are we talking? Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, so many things. So, you know, when you're in that place, um, what you brought up was amazing is that, you know, we don't think about negotiation in the interview, but it really does start much earlier than actual job offer. Hey, let's talk about this. I always say that it actually starts with your job search because Mm -hmm. if you're not doing kind of a little bit of research beforehand, even if you can't get exact statistics about, you know, just in terms of even different industries and different company sizes, it changes so drastically. If you're a project manager in textile, Sales, mm-hmm. that's completely different than a project manager that's uh, overseeing uh, software engineers. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so you have to look at those prices and, and kind of determine, is this an industry I'm interested in really going into? Just even taking mm-hmm. that same job and, and applying it to a different industry, to a different company size, different location, et cetera. Um, so that's where I always say it starts. But yeah, once you're getting into the interview, you're so excited. You want them to like you. Yeah. You're like, oh God, this is like, you know, it took me forever to get here because I had to do my resume. I had to do the cover letter. Mm-hmm. Like I had to do the phone screening. Now they're finally talking to me. Um, but what you said about, you know, what is that price you don't quite know? It's such a scary thing. And we kind of feel like, okay, well, we have to come up with the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, when, if we think about like for a house, we would never go to the house and then be like, oh, so how much are you selling it for? And they're like, I don't know how much would you pay for it? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. What? No, that would like, be a red know. flag. Yeah. <laughs> how much you got? <laughs> how much you got? <laughs> we actually also don't want to show you the reports that tell you like the foundation is crazy. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's one of those funny things where we like in a normal life situation, we negotiate or we talk about things or it's just a conversation. Um, and we expect both sides to kind of come to the table equally, but in a job environment, it can feel really, really scary. So one thing that I like to encourage people is when those questions do come up about salary expectations, you just shift the focus away for, Mm. I really want to make sure it's the right fit. Like you have to take back a little bit of your power in that situation because they're trying to see if they're, if you're a good fit. So you kind of feel like, well, do they like me? Do they like me? Do they like me? You kind of need to shift the dynamic so that you also bring the mentality that you also have to like them. Mm-hmm. So, hey, you know, I'd be happy to discuss compensation at a later time, but right now I just want to really make sure it's a good fit for the both of us. Ooh, can you tell I like me a little that. bit more? Yeah. Can you tell Ooh. me a little bit more about the company culture? What, what's it like uh, a day in the life here? Or, mm-hmm. you know, what do you guys like to do, you know, come summertime? Is there any activities? In my previous job, we had a softball team. Any of those things yeah. to just shift back the conversation so that you can take a little bit of power and just meet them back at the table rather than mm-hmm. them kind of like standing up and making you feel small. So is it best to wait for them to eventually like share what the number is? Share what the number is. That's basically like always try to kind of like pivot until they're like, okay, fine. This is how much, (laughs) like, 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 I feel like that is the hardest thing is like, how do you Mm -hmm. get that number out of them? Sometimes they're really reluctant and just like, sometimes that's just how it is. Yeah. Sometimes they totally, totally are really reluctant. And, um, so there's a few things. One is that, yeah, for if it depends on, I say where you are at in your career. Some people are like some salary people are hardline, like never say the first number. You're going to give away all of 
of your leverage. And some people are like, you know what, just put the number out there. Then you Mm -hmm. can like just set the bar for what you want. Mm -hmm. And there's pros to cons to each. What I kind of tend to say is that if you're newer into your career, you do want them to give you the first number because you could be thinking like 40,000 would be freaking amazing. Yeah. And they're thinking like 60,000 easily. Yeah. Um, So Mm -hmm. if you're, if you're earlier in your career, I tend to try to get them to say the first number. If you're much senior in your career, you have standards of what you want. You're not willing to accept anything less than 120,000. So at that point you can say, you know, this is as low as I'm willing to go. Um, When you do come to that interview, you know, maybe they keep pushing you, they keep pushing you, keep pushing for that number. That's when it is important to have that research. Like you said, done in the beginning, Um, you can never fully know what those numbers are, right? Like maybe you mm-hmm. do check Glassdoor, you do check your network. And those are all things that I encourage people to do in the course and have mm-hmm. scripts and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, you do want to bring a number to the table. Two things I would say to keep in mind is that when, a spe- and I work mostly with women. So when we say, well, what do you want? We already say, well, what I really, really, really want, but I'm never going to say out loud is 80,000. But like, yeah. so, okay, the 80,000 is not reasonable. So like maybe 70, I don't know, 70 is kind of pushing it. So stop at 65. Okay. So when they say, what do you want? You say 65. Mm-hmm. But what you've done is you've now, you've already done the negotiation for them. You've already yeah. brought them down. So if you've do, done your research and you find that actually 60 to 80 is reasonable, so you don't want to settle at 65. If you feel like it's reasonable, you feel like you have the skills, you feel like you have the experience, you start the conversation at say 80 and then we can come down from there. Don't do the negotiating for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always, I talk about the three numbers, the wish, the want, and the walk. You want to start the conversation closer to your wish number, not mm-hmm. what you say is your want. So you present to them your wish, which you present as their want. And then your almost like mental walk away with the company is actually what your want number is. Mm -hmm. So you try to bring it in that higher range. Um, The other thing that I would say is that we often feel like super uncomfortable. Say we said in the end, we said, you know, at this point, um, I, oh, well, before even saying that, I would encourage you to say, you know what? Well, based off of my understandings of this position, it's actually changed from what I initially thought it was. So I'm going to have to go back and do a little bit more research and consult with my, you can say, peers, networks, et cetera. Um, but, you know, if you have a budget in mind, how about we start there? So Mm -hmm. you can also just shift the conversation within the interview. If they again give you the pushback, you know, we're not quite sure. We're also still trying to figure it out. Say, great. Well, how about if you want to, can you send me a range and and then I'll get back to you if it fits. Or if they say, well, that's not good. We'd really like to know your number. Then say again, you know, I'm going to have to do a little bit more research. And then you just go back and you kind of collect yourself. When you do finally present that number, we often feel super, super trapped and like we can't leave that number. And it's what we said. As the negotiation continues to go on, you can always say, you know what? My understanding of this role has changed. And because of that, you know, I want to revisit what my salary expectations are. Ooh, that's completely, like that. yeah, yeah, that's completely valid and normal. Yeah. If you were to say that in a normal conversation, you wouldn't use those terms, but mm-hmm. it'd be the same thing. You know, if it's like, Hey, let's go to a bachelorette party. Like it's, um, do you, are you down to come? And it's like, yeah, of course I'm down to come. And then it's like, Oh, instead of going to the local bar, we're going to go to Austria. And it's like, you still down to come. Mm, you know what? Now that my understanding <laughs> of it has changed, I might not be able to come. I love that. That is yeah. the best yeah, way to kind of phrase that. I love that. Yeah. And, and you said, something that really like hit home for me is, and I used to do this and I know I, I've talked to so many other women about this. We, we do tend to, instead of giving our best number, our ideal number of what we'd mm-hmm. like, we give her, this is the lowest I'm willing to accept. I don't know yeah. why us women especially do that. Cause I feel like when I talk to men, they're like, Oh no, I always kind of say, this is what I ideally I just want. Say what I want. <laughs> I just say what I want. Whereas women are like, Oh, well I, it's like, I, I feel like 
there's a couple like mental setbacks. We're afraid to look greedy or um, like, yeah, just like money hungry or I don't know. There's just all these kind yeah. of negative terms yeah. about asking for money. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you feel like women have this like, oh, but I don't want them to think ill of me or think that I'm asking for too much because I guess I want them to like me. Yeah. So many things. Yeah. So, so many things. And one of the first things I like to do whenever I work with somebody is we got to like untangle your money beliefs and mm-hmm. we got to untangle like your relationship to asking for more. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, one of the things that you say is like, I don't want to do too much. And I think that's something that a lot of us feels like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be doing too much. I don't want to ask for too much. I don't want to seem greedy. I don't want to seem great, ungrateful. We just have so many thoughts and it really depends on, you know, how like your, your culture, your, you know, mm-hmm. your geographically, what it's like there, you know, the role of women within your community, how your parents differ and how they talk about money. Mm-hmm. Does your mom ask up for things? Does your dad, you know, any of the, even just like smallest things like at a restaurant, you know, does your mom or do your sisters or do you ever speak up for something? Like mm-hmm. when you want the waiter's attention, something yeah. as small as that can then trickle into how we ask up for things or feel like we're doing too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, oh God, I don't know. I mean, culture and women yeah. and beliefs and bias and all of those things are nasty things that we kind of have to untangle. But if you keep in mind for the salary negotiation process, that it is expected. Yeah. Every single hiring manager will expect you to negotiate less than 50% of people, both men and women actually do negotiate. Mm-hmm. So nobody's mm-hmm. doing it, but everyone expects it. Everyone thinks that you're going to look like a complete a-hole if you do it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of managers actually respect you more. Mm-hmm. Um, it also like, we also think like, oh, you know what? I'll just work hard later and then, then they'll give me the raise. Well, guess what? Our raise is dependent on whatever our base salary is. So if you had negotiate $5,000 more, that 3% raise would be a lot more than yeah. what it is otherwise. Um, and they're not going to reward you if you've already accepted the position. Like when you negotiate for a raise, you have to go above and beyond what your role is. Once you've already agreed that it's your number, then that's just your number. So I like to encourage people like don't don't wait to like prove it to them that yeah. you're going to do it. You have to do it now and it also sets the tone. That's another important thing for us women, you know, I help women where they say, you know, during the whole interview like it was everything was going so so good and then once I did the negotiation they were like, "Whoa, like wow, I thought she was just a super nice, super flexible girl." So, you know, throughout your interview process, you ought to you have to be setting the tone that like, yeah, I stand up for myself and I ask questions and I might be wanting more because mm-hmm. then when it does come time to the salary negotiation, they're not going to be like, whoa, who's this girl out right. of left field? And also once you start your role, they're not going to be like, oh my God, she's doing too much. When you do say, hey, I'd like to sit down and talk about my performance or I'd like to sit down and look at what does my future at this company look like? Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, yeah, that's normal because she's a woman that advocates for herself. So you're really setting yeah. yourself up for much longer success other than just the financial. And that's really interesting that you bring up like setting the tone during an interview, which I think mm-hmm. this is, again, something that we don't think that much about. We're very mm-hmm. focused on, I want them to like me because yeah. um, I feel like that will be why they want to hire me. But actually, yeah. if you probably set the tone of, yeah, likable, friendly, however, mm-hmm. still confident and professional, they'll probably mm-hmm. be, you know, they'll, they'll probably interview a bunch of other women that are like, oh, they're really likable. But we really like the woman who just seems like she knows what she's doing. I think she's yeah. going to be a good <laughs> asset. You know what I mean? Like, this is just something so silly, but it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I, again, I think a lot of us are worried that we'll come off as like bossy or cold or just yeah. like too hard or something Smile. like that. Yeah. Yeah, once you said, like, this is how much I want. Smile. (laughs) (laughs) 
know, oh yeah, gosh. totally. Because you don't want to come across those ways. And yeah. that is a huge fear. And you know what? If you do have a company that's like, that woman was a total B, mm-hmm. it's like, fine. I don't yeah. want to work there. No. Like, re- get the red flags early from the companies and get out of there. Mm-hmm. Like, what a blessing to know that rather than like be stuck in there for one to two years and be like, oh my God, these people don't respect me. They don't like listen to me. Everyone's speaking over me. I'm not getting rewarded. Joe is like two years out of college and I'm eight years out of college and he's getting $10,000 more than me. Um, yeah. You don't want to be in that position. So you no. might as well get it out early. Yeah, exactly. And that's actually yeah. like uh, recently, the past couple of months, I was in a um, group with a bunch of women doing this kind of a mastermind and we were talking about salaries and everyone had a story of, yeah, and then I found out what my uh, guy colleague who uh-huh. has less experience and was less good at his job was yeah. making and they were always making like ten to $15,000 more. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. awful and heartbreaking. But what do you feel like, do you think it's, it's, it's important for us as women, especially to kind of stick together and like have these conversations about like, hey, what are you making? Like, I feel like we're also very afraid to ask, what are you making? I've only ever making? done that when I was on the way out <laughs> <laughs> to be like, I'm, I quit. But how did you, how much did you make, by the way? Mm-hmm. And then I'd always find out and be like, God damn it. <laughs> I know. Well, I do think it's important for us to have these conversations. I think there's a lot more, like you said, like culturally right now, mm-hmm. there's so much more coming out about that. And yeah. thank goodness so that people feel a little bit more comfortable it's still so awkward. Like, you know, most people don't want to say, well, what are you making? Mm -hmm. So one thing that I like to frame it in terms of like, you know, encouraging people, because I always encourage you have to reach out to not only just like your direct network, but also mentors and outside. But when you approach people, you don't want to be like, well, what did you make? Or how much do you make? So one thing that you, I like to encourage people to do, and I've got a script for it. And I can send you the link for people to get Mm, like a few of the scripts. Yeah. It would be, um, you essentially just want to say, hey, based on my research, like I'm, um, you can say as much as you want in terms of de- depending on how well you know the person. Yeah. Like, hey, I've got four years of experience doing this. Um, this was the past company I worked for. These are kind of roles. I'm looking to work at this company. I see they have this open position. You know, what from my research, it looks like I should be making somewhere between seventy and $75,000. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's reasonable or do you think I should aim higher or lower? Mm-hmm. So you're not actually asking them, what do you do make? Because, you know, that's all very personal and that's all very maybe they have seven more experience seven more years on you so it's not really apples to apples but if you say this is what I got and this is what I've done the research then they can say oh yeah that's actually about right um or yeah no no, that's way too low you should aim a little bit higher and then on top of that I would always encourage people to also ask well what do you think makes a person go on the higher end because Mm -hmm. what are like the characteristics maybe certain skills maybe they'll say something it's like oh actually I have that and that's something important that you need to remember to highlight Mm -hmm. or they might say oh you should take this class and that will bump you up five thousand dollars it's like boom done I'll do that in a weekend hundred percent yeah um I want to talk a little bit about when you have to negotiate in your current job yeah Uh, we talked a little bit about this how uh it's easier to do that when you've already negotiated really you know good salary for yourself so when you Mm -hmm. do say I want to raise you'll get a you know a better bump a lot Mm -hmm. of us don't do that first thing and so mid you know we've been in the job for a year or two feel like okay yeah not two weeks (laughs) you know year or two I when I talk to women they're always like I want to wait a year and then I'm going to talk to them or I'm going to wait two years to really prove Mm. that I'm a loyal employee and then I'm going to talk to them um well first off are your thoughts on and I think this is just like it's irrelevant now it just I've never heard someone that is this has actually happened to you where you just work hard put your head down prove to them that you're a hard worker and you get a promotion raise I've never heard this to happen everyone's always had to ask right yeah like that's just how it is get the normal one you'll probably get like the the standard three percent if that yeah you know some 
companies don't even do the 3% every year, Mm -hmm. which is like, you know, the raising standard of living, that's normal. Everyone should at least get that much. Um, So yeah, always advocate and it's mm-hmm. going to be uncomfortable because if you don't ask, they're just probably going to pass you over for it. Um, one thing that I quickly want to say before I forget mm-hmm. is on our last question. I forgot to say um, it's important for us to talk with other women. It's just as important to talk with other men. Yes. Because like you said, when you find out, oh, actually he's making $10,000 more, mm-hmm. it then expands your awareness of what you now realize is possible. It's like, oh, if I just talk to my girlfriends, they, they're doing $2,000 more, $2,000 more. Yeah. You talk to him, $10,000, $15,000. So then you can say, okay, I can aim as high as that. It's not just a woman thing. It's totally. directly related to your skills and mm-hmm. what you bring to the table. Exactly. Um, so yeah, yeah, going back, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to remember that because I'm yeah, like, no, that's, make and sure that's you really, talk to the men too. That's really important too because we shouldn't just be aiming to earn what other women are making because we're all making Mm-mm. less than men. We should be earn, you know, aiming to earn what yeah. the men are making. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. We have to just look at this is my role. This is what I do. This is the experience. These are the skills I bring mm-hmm. to the table. What does that equate to? Take gender out of it. Totally. Um, yeah. So it, within the workplace, yeah. yeah, even, yeah, I hear that too. Like, oh, I'll just wait one year. You should never wait to at least begin having conversations about performance, about what are some goals? Because when it does come time to say, you know, for my raise, you can't just be like, well, I showed up every day. I worked really hard and I stayed long hours yeah, uh, or anything like that. Or like, I care. It's like none of those things financially Mm -hmm. will give reason for them to bump up your pay. So you have to be identifying really like what are the big goals? And especially if you can link it to like financial goals for the company Mm -hmm. and how are you contributing to that? And if you can set up those goals with your boss and then track them and keep in contact with them about how they're going and things that you're proud of, it just conditions their mind to think like, yeah, she's moving the ball forward for, uh, you know, our team mm-hmm. and for the company as a whole. As you have those conversations too, you build that relationship with your boss. They also, you're going to have more leverage because they're not going to want to lose you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just becomes more comfortable for you to bring up something as awkward as asking for a raise. Because otherwise, you know, if you don't have that relationship, if you've never talked to them about your yeah. progress, you don't actually have any goals, then you wait two years and you say, I'd really like a raise. And they're like, why? And yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I just want more money, please. <laughs> yes, it's it's one. yeah, really like setting the groundwork for that, so it's not a big shock, and yeah. which is hard to do. What would you say? And, and I find like that can be easy to tie into be like, oh, this is how I'm helping the company earn more money. If you work in mm-hmm. you know like business development or even marketing, but for some other roles, yeah. it's kind of hard. I'm like, I work in IT. Like, how do I show mm-hmm. that I'm making the company more money? Do you just like how would you kind of tie that in? Because there's I think a lot of different departments are like, I think I have a hard time of figuring out what, how I am actually helping the company make more money by me working yeah. here. Yeah, totally. Well, when we get raises, it's always still within like a certain pay grade, right? Yeah. So if you are going higher, it's like, well, what, like that question that I said mm-hmm. for asking your network, what actually makes somebody on the higher end? So yeah. say mm-hmm. you're working in IT and it's not necessarily de- related towards the thing, but you know that you're dead smack in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would put you on the higher end? Is it that you need to be able to process things quicker? Do mm-hmm. you need to learn a new coding language? Do you need to be involved in some of the training? Do you potentially need to just 
go from this rank and this level of a position to the next level of position in order to get you into a whole new ball game when it comes to our range. Um, but there are a lot of people where they feel like they're kind of stuck there and, you know, they're not really getting the raises and they're just going incrementally. At the end of the day, it kind of sucks. But the biggest jump that you'll ever get is when you do change companies. Yes. Um, yeah. And, you know, many people don't want to be in that position because, you know, it's hard to change companies, especially if you like it. You don't want to have to start all over new company culture. You got to figure out your whole like new transportation, getting to work, your rhythm and everything. You have to find the new people, figure out all the politics. Like Mm -hmm. you don't want to do it on the whole other side. A company doesn't want to do it. They're going to lose, they say between six to nine months worth of your annual salary in order to replace you, which is huge, huge money. Like they're going to have to one, lose the morale of you leaving. Um, They have a gap because no one's taking on those responsibilities. Whoever they find, they're going to have to put the job posting out there. They're going to have to, you know, narrow it down. They're going to have to interview them, blah, 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 blah. It's going to take months. And then they Mm -hmm. have to like actually train them. And then they have to make sure like, oh, I don't know if this person is actually going to be good. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to be in that position. The company doesn't want to be in that position as much as possible. You try to communicate that to your boss. I don't want to leave here. I love working here. You know, this, this is, this is something I'm in for the long term. but you know, here's what I'm seeing is that I know that I'm being significantly underpaid. Mm -hmm. Is this a conversation that you can look further into for me? Or is this something that we can discuss? And I've had people um, my biggest jump up until yesterday was somebody that got like a 25% um, wow. increase in their raise. So yesterday, I heard from uh, one of our, our students, she got a 40% increase. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. And they've been putting off this conversation with the raise for ever. Like mm-hmm. they kept being like, oh, in January, yeah. oh, in March, mm-hmm. like in June. And she was like, she was like, we got to have this conversation and she did it. She brought a huge printout of like all the recordings, all, like printouts mm-hmm. of all the stats of things that she had found and what she should be making and, you know, printouts of all the work that she's been doing and how she's going above and beyond. She said she spent $50 at Kinko's in order to do that. Nice. But like, that's huge. She yeah. went from what was supposed to be a 3% raise to a 40% raise. So if you love the company, if you would do want to be there, if you can communicate it to them, then they'll be willing to do it. If they aren't, maybe it's just a red flag that it's time to, to change ships. Well, that kind of leads me to my uh, next question is, is yeah. it ever a good idea or what are, what is your you know advice on going into negotiations with mm-hmm. the kind of ultimatum? Like, if we don't do this, I'm probably going to leave or, yeah. you know, like I, I feel like- It always backfires. It, well, I mean, that's <laughs> how I quit my last job. <laughs> they called my bluff and I left. Yeah. Um, I was kind of out the door anyway. So I kind yeah. of wanted to quit. I, I kind of wanted them to say no, I think in the end. But I guess that is- I think a lot of people's minds when they're at that point where they're frustrated, Mm -hmm. they don't feel valued, they don't know what to do, they kind of have in their mind, they're like, well, I'm just going to say, if they don't give me what I want, then I'm going to have to quit. And in general, it probably, like, I guess when you, yeah, I guess like in a situation like that, do you think in general employers are just not receptive to that kind of thing? Yeah. Well, when we think about like, so say like a romantic relationship, right? And like, (laughs) if you have your partner that's like, if you don't, get married like, or something. You're, you're yeah. not, yeah, you're, yeah. if you don't get married now this year, like I'm out and like, you can love that person. I mean, getting married, you're probably to the point where you're like, I really love you. <laughs> yeah. you get married. Yeah. But say it's like, you're very new in the relationship mm-hmm. and they're like, Hey, I want to move in together. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm not ready. And they're like, yeah. Hey, if we can't move in, then I'm out. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you're supposed to be my partner. And if you're putting this much pressure on me mm-hmm. and you're, you're making me feel like 
like shit. I don't know if I can swear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you're making me feel like shit, it's like I'm out, dude. Like you're yeah. not listening to me. If you yeah. keep doing it and they're not listening to you, and it's like you know this isn't the partner for me. Mm-hmm. So it's that same thing. If you bring that attitude for like say that partner where they're like I'm out, it's like mm-hmm. that's not going to work in your favor mm-hmm. because you're signaling to them you're not listening and you're not like in it for the long run and all of those things. So you know you did the podcast on like mindfulness and money, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. mindfulness, money, and negotiation also go hand in hand. Yeah, because the freaking like nerves the anxiety all the like anger everything comes rushing and if you can't take your emotions out of the equation when it comes to your salary negotiation like it's not going to work so you know breathing exercises trying to calm the f down um, also things to like make you feel much more confident um if you can't get to that place it's not going to be as successful and it's not going to happen overnight. Like your first Mm -hmm. negotiation will probably get botched. And like the second one will be slightly easier. Um, But I did the same. Like one of my jobs, I was like, you guys aren't, like I didn't yell or anything. In my mind, I was like, you're not paying me what I (laughs) And like I ended up quitting. And then like, I I didn't regret it at Mm -mm. the end of the day because I was also on my way out. But looking back, I probably could have done it in a much more, you know, professional manner and actually got paid more. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Another kind of question related is if say you're being recruited or or you are kind of like on the hunt, going to some job interviews to test out what else is out there. Mm -hmm. uh, Is it ever a good idea to go to your employer to be like, Hey, I want to raise, want a promotion, whatever. There's actually this other employer that is interested in me or, or no, is it kind of the same thing? Like, well, they make all your bluff. (laughs) Yeah. I think, yeah, again, if you, if you are kind of on the way out, then maybe, mm-hmm. um, that it's, it's up to you. It's also on your relationship with your boss. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to remember that at the end of the day, their priority is the company. So they could be your best friend, but they're like, Hey, this person come to the table. We got to, they might start saying, we got to get hire somebody ASAP yeah. and we're going to get, you know, we're going to let this person go. And then we're going to put the new person in there because their priority mm-hmm. is the company. Mm-hmm. Um, also depends on how you want your relationship to be with that manager or the boss moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had a good relationship up to this point, like don't burn the bridge. Right. If you if you dangle it like an ultimatum. If, however, you really want to be at that company and you have headhunters or whatever reaching out to you that's offering you $20,000 more, mm-hmm. you have a serious conversation with the boss. You say, you know, I, here's my situation. I'm in a tough place. I love this company. I love what I do. I want to be here long-term. You know, I know that, you know, in the market, I'm, I'm getting significantly underpaid and I've had a number of, uh, of recruiters reach out to me mm-hmm. and they've given me a number of jobs. They're each paying at least $20,000 more. You know, what would you do if you were in my position? Mm. And they might say, that sucks. You have to leave because we don't have that budget. Right. Or they might say, you know what? We're going to look into it. We got, we're going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. So still be prepared so that, to possibly have to go to where that, you know, like either stay and not get the raise or leave yeah. because of the new job opportunity. Yeah. I mean, it's always good to have different things under your belt just so that you feel like you have the ability to go. Mm-hmm. If you do approach it in the manner of like, hey, I don't want to leave blah, 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 blah. They're going to be less, you're not really going to burn that bridge as much if you Mm -hmm. bring that kind of relationship to the table. If you do do it like, hey, I got these other offers. Are you going to be able to match it? Like then, you know, you should definitely have a backup plan. Absolutely. Wow. Well, I feel like we touched on, I could probably talk to you for another hour. I have so, even though I don't even work in the corporate world, it's like I did for so long. I have so many and I know I did it wrong. Like I know looking back, I'm like, I totally did it wrong. Um, So, but you have so much wisdom and you mentioned you have a podcast, you have a course you want to talk a little bit about. What what can people expect in your course? It sounds really interesting. Yeah. So Be Brave, Get Paid is the name of the course. The podcast is very like, Oh, I was just like so lost and like, how are people in life making these leaps? 
mm-hmm. like whether it's switching careers, starting business, et cetera. So the podcast is all like about the courage p- component. So mm-hmm. not the money component, the courage, like how do you get the courage to actually take action towards yeah. things that you want, you know, doing YouTube and doing videos and doing podcasts, starting a business, switching careers. Um, there's a cool courage component. And so the 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 course be brave get paid touches on the courage but it also just talks about you know how what is the step by step to get the money starting with untangling your money beliefs figuring out really what, how much you're worth reaching out to your network using those scripts to just go and start learning how much you should get paid like how to actually ace the interview like how to mm-hmm. answer all those tough questions that come up um you know the mental things like i do some visualizations and um ways to pump up your energy um as well as like when it comes down to the actual negotiation what do you do what do you mm-hmm. say like when you get the offer letter what do you do or if they don't want to give you an offer letter what do you do or, or when you know that you have have two offers on the table. What do you do? So um, it just takes you through all of those things with the intention of by the end of this course, I want you to make more money. Mm-hmm. Um, the guarantee is you'll make a thousand dollars more, like easily. Every easily. single person, the mm-hmm. average has been fifteen thousand. Oh my easily. gosh! Yeah, Whoa. so easily you're gonna make more money. I have a guarantee in everything. If you don't make the money, I'll give you your money back. Oh my um, gosh, that's my, awesome! Yeah, because my my whole goal is like I just want to help you to become more empowered, mm-hmm. to believe in yourself, to advocate for yourself, and earn more. Because I'm mm-hmm. um, almost hundred percent of you. Do deserve to earn more. You know that you should be earning more, but you don't know how to do it. Um, So the course just takes you through that. That's amazing. Well, that's awesome. I'm definitely going to recommend it to some friends that are (laughs) looking for a new gig (laughs) that are not happy at their current situation. So uh, that is so awesome. Thank you so much, Kathleen, for joining me on the show. It was was such a treat talking to you. It's so, oh, it's so great. And thank you so much. I'm so glad we got to actually connect. Oh, if people yeah. want the script. Oh, yes. What please, is the, yeah. yeah, the, let me see. I have my glasses on. <laughs> I wrote down the number. Okay. It's the earn more. I have one of those numbers. So if mm. you text earn more as one word to 44222, um, I'll send you some of the, the sa- sa- top salary scripts. Oh, and you great. can just use that to start practicing it, whether or not you use it in a negotiation or just like become aware of it so that you can get more familiar with it. Um, Ooh, I'm going to yeah, take a I look at that just because I want to like, I, I, I negotiate, but I'm always curious, like if there's a way to improve how I negotiate, yeah. I'm going to take a look. <laughs> okay. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for joining me again. You're so welcome. And that was episode 165 of the Momony podcast with Kathleen Hart. Make sure to check her out at kathleenhart.com. Hart is H-A-R-T in case you're wondering. And okay, I'll spell Kathleen too. K-A-T-H-L-Y-N. Kathleen Hart. Um, and of course, check out her podcast, The Big Leap Show on iTunes and anywhere you can uh, find podcasts. Um, you're going to really like it, especially if you are really into the whole, uh, you know, learning how to salary negotiate and just work stuff and yeah, and entrepreneurship and all that good stuff. It's it's, it's a really good one. Um, so make sure to check that out. Also check out the show notes because I'll just put everything in there so it's easy peasy for you to check out at jessicamorales.com slash 165. Um, now don't go away. Uh, I just have a few words to uh, share about this episode sponsor, but got some important things to share with you after. This episode of the Momony Podcast is brought to you by canspace.ca. If you're a Canadian business owner and are looking for a reliable and affordable web hosting provider to host your website, you need to invest in local Canadian web hosting, and Canspace is Canada's favorite provider. Super fast and affordable web hosting, a 30-day money-back guarantee, and they'll even help migrate your site from your current provider for free. When you're ready, head on over to canspace.ca slash Jessica M and enter your email address to get the coupon. 
Once again, visit canspace.ca slash Jessica M and enter your email address to get the $10 off coupon. All right, this is kind of the last week, guys, of the book giveaway that I've been doing for the past couple weeks. If you want to enter to win one of the books that I've uh, featured on this season of the show, well, this is your last chance. Going to give you a few extra days, then I'm going to close up shop. So make sure to go to jessicamorehouse.com slash book giveaway or check out the show notes. Um, both will have links to... Uh, or both will direct you to how to enter and, and all that good stuff. Super easy to do. Take your two seconds, then you can win a book. And uh, I highly recommend you get on my email list because that is how I'm going to um, share who won the uh, books <laughs> because I will be my podcast will be on hiatus, so I will not announce it on the show. So if you want to know if you know who's the winner, if it's you, I mean, if you if you are the winner, I will email you personally. But uh, if you want to know what's going on, stay in the loop because I've got a lot of great stuff going on all the freaking time, guys. Just go to jessicamorehouse.com slash subscribe to get onto my weekly newsletter list. You will not regret it. Um, also, you can get access to my uh, complete free resource library with all my downloadables. And uh, I have plans to, to put some new uh, good content in there as well. So uh, jessicamorehouse.com slash subscribe is where you can do that. All right, well, this is it, guys. This is the season finale. This is the the last episode in season six. 165 episodes, guys. Oh, that's a lot of episodes. It is freaky. It is so freaky when I think about just having the idea in my little head to start this podcast three years ago and three years ago passed. And like, look at me now. Like, what? What happened? How does life go by so quickly? How did I talk to over a hundred and... 50 people because there's some solo episodes in there. I I, I don't know how many actual guests. I, I should probably count how many guests I've talked to. At least 150 people. That is some crazy stuff right there. Crazy. This is why I need to take some time off in the summer because I think I'm having a bit of a mental, uh, I don't know. I, my, my brain feels kind of mushy. So I need to take some time, take a little break and uh, get my stuff together. But uh, anyways, I want to just thank you for listening and for subscribing to the podcast, for sending, uh, giving me all those awesome reviews, lots of amazing emails and tweets I've been getting lately. Uh, it really means a lot to me because um, every single time someone says, oh, I like your show or I listened to it or I learned this or you inspire me to do this or whatever, it makes my heart grow 10 times bigger, kind of like that Grinch in the, in the you know, Grinch Stole Christmas movie. Like that is what happens. Like this is, you are the reason that I'm doing what I'm doing. That is it. And uh, my my job really, my, my purpose, my motivation for doing everything that I do is to serve you. Without you, without um, knowing that I'm actually making a difference in people's lives, I mean, I just wouldn't be doing this. It is not the money. I, I don't get paid that much money to do what I'm doing, guys. This is a passion for me, okay? So I just want to say a big thank you for, um, you know, spending time with me and listening to my show, subscribing, and, and um, you know, all the great things that you're doing. I, I really, 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 really appreciate it. So, Thanks. Thanks saying thanks. Um, I, I'm going to let you go because uh, it's it's summertime. So enjoy your summer. Be smart with your money. Um, you know, empower yourself. Keep on educating yourself about personal finance. Pick up a couple personal finance books that you may not you normally probably wouldn't have picked up and just like, you know, 
just do it. Just that is honestly how I got started. As I just started picking up books, I'm like, I would never read that. And then I read it, and then you're like, wow, okay, I totally understand how that works now. So uh, that's my challenge for you. I oh yeah, oh yeah, that, I just had an idea. Okay, so uh, if you're listening right now, I have the challenge for you. I want you because there's two months I'm going to be off. I want you to read at least two personal finance books. And I want you to tackle at least two big major money headaches that have been on your to-do list that you haven't done. And it could be very simple. It could be like, I really need to uh, get a better credit card because the one I, I get has you know crappy rewards. Or um, I really need to consolidate some of my savings accounts because I have like 50 and I don't know what's going on. Or I really need to start investing and I've been putting it off for too long then start investing. You know how to do it. There's a bunch of episodes on the show talking about how you can do it. Uh, I've got a course that is uh, on my website, jessicamorales.com slash courses. Uh, That is about if you want to do DIY um, investing through a discount brokerage, it tells you how to do it. So there really is no excuse. So that is my challenge for you. Okay. And I'm going to ask you if you did it when I come back in September. Okay. I want you to read at least two personal finance books and tackle at least two tasks that have been on your to-do list to do your with your money okay okay so we've, we've got a deal hand, we're in a handshake okay good okay good okay um i'm gonna stop yabbering right now uh and uh i'm gonna say enjoy your summer i'll see you back here in september thanks again peace out This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.